Hello and welcome to Couch Church. I'm Reverend Cathy Reid and this week we are reflecting on one of our readings for the first Sunday in Lent. The reading comes from Genesis chapter 9 and beginning at verse 8. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it, and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. Each Sunday through Lent, we will hear readings that tell us of God's faithful promises to humanity. And I think this is important. Lent is a time when we reflect on our brokenness, on on how we get it wrong. And it's at times like this that we really need to remember that God makes faithful promises to us, even when we let God down. Just now we've heard the very first promise that God makes. It comes at the end of the story of Noah and the flood. And we only heard the very end of that story just now, the bit about the rainbow and God's promise of compassion to all living things. I imagine, though, that as you listen to that reading about the rainbow, you probably also remembered the rest of the story. God tells Noah that there's a great flood coming and so Noah is to build an ark. Noah loads up the animals two by two. The flood destroys everything except the creatures in the ark. And then finally there's the bit that we heard in our reading about the rainbow and the promise that God made. But although most of us may know the story of Noah, I reckon you probably haven't heard it preached about for a very long time. In fact, you might only have ever heard the story of Noah as a child, with a child's ears. Today I want us to hear the story of Noah with grown-up ears, and that can be challenging if we haven't done it before. So strap yourselves in, it could be a bit of a bumpy ride. When you were told the story of Noah as a child, you may have assumed that it's a story about something that actually happened, that there really was a flood that covered the whole earth. 
Because when we teach Bible stories to children, we have to keep things pretty simple. But we're not children anymore. I'm going to remind you of something really important. The Bible is not a science textbook or even a history textbook. Yes, there are books of history in the Bible, but many of the books of the Bible are not history. They're songs and stories and laws and prophecies, all seeking to help us to understand who God is, what God is like, in all sorts of different ways. So, for example, the story of Noah is not a historic description of a flood that covered the world. I mean, we know today that a flood couldn't cover the whole world because the world is not flat. The story of Noah is also not a scientific explanation of of why there are rainbows. We need to leave behind this childlike understanding of the story of Noah. Because if we don't, we're in danger of missing the point of this incredible story. The point of the story of Noah and the ark and the rainbow isn't to teach us a history lesson or a science lesson. It's to teach us something about the nature of God. I want to tell you a little bit about how this story of Noah even came to be written down, how it came to be part of the Bible. Now, the books of the Old Testament first started to be written down around 600 years before Jesus. And what happened was this. The tiny nation of Judah was invaded by the Babylonians. Now, this is history. It's factual. It really did happen. Jerusalem was destroyed and the Babylonians captured all of the educated people, the powerful people and the religious leaders in Jerusalem. And they carried them off to Babylon, which was far away. So there they were, all of the Israelite religious leaders, the educated people, the powerful people, carried off to a strange land where they were held prisoner. And they were heartbroken. Their city of Jerusalem was destroyed. Their temple was destroyed. How had this happened? Why didn't God help them win the war? And now that the temple was destroyed, well, there was nowhere for God even to live. Did that mean that they should start worshipping the Babylonian gods instead? I mean, maybe the Babylonian gods were more powerful than the Jewish god. But then those Israelites discovered something astonishing. They realised that God was still with them. God didn't need a temple to live in. God revealed God's self to those Israelites as being so much more than they had ever really understood. God wasn't just a little local God who would make sure that their crops grew or help them win wars. This God that they had known and worshipped in Jerusalem is actually the God of everything, of everyone, everywhere. And so the Israelites, stuck in Babylon in captivity, they realised that they needed to start writing down what they had discovered about God to pass it on to future generations. And they had a lot to write down. There were many ancient stories they had brought with them from Jerusalem that they could use 
to help them tell and teach about God. But there were also stories they heard in Babylon which they could use to help teach about God. There was one ancient story they heard in Babylon that was very well known. It was a story about a flood. And in this story, humankind had made the gods very angry and so the gods plotted to wipe out humanity. But there was one man who found out about the plot and he and his family tricked the gods. They built a huge boat, filled it with animals and they survived the flood. Incidentally, we still have a record of this flood story from ancient Babylon written on stone tablets. You can see it in the British Museum. Anyway, those Israelites who were stuck in Babylon heard this story and they adapted it. They used it to teach about God, to teach what they had discovered about God. And so they rewrote the story differently. In their version, the one we have in the Old Testament, this story of the flood is a lesson to show that God is not like those gods of the Babylonians, not a God that tricks and plots. God is different. You know, it blows my mind that those Israelites, imprisoned in a foreign country, were still ready to listen to God. They were still ready to discover something so astonishingly new about God. I am so grateful that those Israelites wrote down this story to teach us what they had discovered about God. Because what they discovered is that our God, unlike the Babylonian gods, our God turns from anger and promises compassion. This is what's important about the story of Noah and the flood. This is what we need to hear when we listen to the story with grown-up ears. God has made a promise to be compassionate. Even when we don't live right, even when we do things to hurt God, to hurt each other and to hurt the world, God has promised to be compassionate. God said, I will look at the rainbow and remember. This is a promise for us to cling on to, especially as we begin this season of Lent. I hope you are taking time this Lent to confront your need for God's compassion. We need it because we are imperfect and broken. God has promised to be compassionate. God said, I will look at the rainbow and remember. I pray that you will remember that. Amen.